0: District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Welcome to District of Conservation. I am your host, Gabriella Hoffman. In this week's episode of Conservation Nation, I will drill into the truth about fracking a little bit to talk about my new Conservation Nation video. I'm going to talk about geothermal energy, not getting the love that it deserves, and a few other items, but a few housekeeping notes. If you weren't able to catch my Conservation is Conservative webinar, it is available on YouTube. You can watch it on the Claire Booth Blue Center for Conservative Women's YouTube account. And there was so much going on on Friday. I feel like every Friday is a news day, so it's hard to get things out there. But I think more people will start to watch it. And now there's an example of my public lecture if you've never seen me speak. I think there will be some opportunities to replicate this speech again with this organization and maybe some others, so that was some great feedback I got, and if you didn't see it, check out the show notes where you can find it. It was also National Hunting and Fishing Day and Public Lands Day, and it was probably one of the few times I was not recreating on public lands or going fishing or hunting I had some commitments indoors for good reasons, of course, but I was able to kind of rehash some memories of my time in the outdoors. And it was great to see other people, especially lawmakers, different governors, congressmen, senators, give tribute to that because hunters and anglers pay for the bulk of conservation. It is no lie. It's verifiable. Over $1.1 billion last year was also pumped to conservation funding through Pittman-Robertson Act funds. Interestingly enough, because of more people going into the outdoors, I think we're going to continue to see more and more people take up fishing and hunting, and that's a great thing. should be celebrated. So I wanted to talk about that too, but hopefully you got out into the field or on the water this past weekend, and going forward, you should be able to because the weather is going to be ideal for some trout fishing and to do some hunting. So that is much to celebrate. Now here is what I have for you today. On Friday, SeaFact and I jointly released my latest installment of Conservation Nation, which is my original video series that I do to highlight underreported stories, subjects that get very minimal attention, and also to highlight positive stuff because we could use more positivity and looking to great people who don't get enough credit for the work that they do across energy, wildlife conservation, and related sectors. Now, we hear a lot of people talk about fracking how deleterious it is, how it's precipitated by earthquakes. So I had this interest, and for like a year or so, we were going back and forth about doing this, and there was obviously no objection to me covering fracking. I've always been sympathetic to the process. I think it's been misunderstood. I wouldn't be able to enjoy cheap fuel sources as a result of that. And I wanted to see the process for myself firsthand. So we went to Northwestern Pennsylvania, Madison and I, to film with Cameron Energy, who you'll learn more about going forward. And we spent a few days with them at their property and at their cabin in Northwestern Pennsylvania. It was so beautiful. It was actually a lot cooler than DC was in the summertime. So it was like refreshingly not humid. And I got to do some fishing and I got to see frac sites and I got to see conventional well drilling, things of that sort, and just really learned the process, meet these phenomenal people. We had to break the report into two parts because It wouldn't do the subject justice just to put one video, one long video. So we broke it into two parts. And this first part that we released on Friday has actually been really received well. Like Organically, it's gotten over a 1,000 views in the few days that it's been published. So I'm super grateful for that. That's been amazing just to see the feedback. Just covering the basics of fracking, kind of the misunderstandings, especially from this view of this company, Cameron Energy. We talked to their founder, their environmental care core coordinator, Tyler Martin, as well. And we just got to talk to a lot of the workers too. And they're really neat guys. Like they come from really humble beginnings. And they will tell you in part two that if there wasn't any fracking jobs in northwestern Pennsylvania, like they wouldn't have any work. And it's pretty well paying. It seems like everyone gets along really well. There's so many different functions and different tiers of work. It's not just like one group of people. It's like multiple groups of people responsible for fracking. And you'll get to see it in the video. Obviously, I don't want to detail so much, but the video explains it all. And I just wanted to highlight it because I think you guys will find it interesting. Part two should probably be dropping in a few weeks time and on the subject related to Cameron Energy. And I'm posting this before this airs this night, but I was told that you may see Cameron Energy on Micro's new program, How America Works. On Fox Business at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. So you may see that. So it was cool to be kind of on the cutting edge. So look out for that. You'll get to know more of Cameron Energy that way uh, by watching Micro's new program. I think you'll like what they have to say. They're really a great bunch of people to work with. And we're going to... I think tomorrow's episode I'm going to post some of their audio from people we interviewed just to kind of give you guys more of a background so you get to learn about them a little more and get to know them behind the scenes too and see that they're not these evil people who just want to despoil the land, who just want to cause friction, who want to have any problems or, or waste or be destructive with their industry. I think they're very careful and you'll see in the video that they're very careful about their operations. They don't want to cause any environmental ruin and they truly believe that they can balance stewardship with industry. And I think people just don't see that because they're so removed from everything, kind of like how people are removed from where their food comes from. So, my goal in Seavexful is to kind of bridge that gap and get people to understand where sources come from, where our cheap fuels come from. And fracking is one way to do that. So check out Drilling into the Truth About Fracking Part 1. Part 2 will drop in a few weeks. And tomorrow we're going to release extended audio with some of the folks from Cameron Energy. So stay tuned for that as well. Last week was Clean Energy Week. You probably saw this all across social media. A lot of people were talking about solar, wind, nuclear, and some other sources, definitely a heavy emphasis on solar and wind. But I saw this great article from the Washington Free Beacon by a young reporter by the name of Santi Ruiz, and this is something I've been really curious about. And it's similar to fracking in many ways, but very different at the same time. But this is about geothermal, and the fact that no one wants to talk about geothermal and its potential as a truly clean energy source, and not to be confused for renewable, and I think some people use clean energy and renewable kind of interchangeably, But we will see more people try to disassociate those terms from one another because some are truly clean and some purport to be renewable and they're not. But geothermal is something you guys ought to be interested in. And this comes from Santi Ruiz from the Washington Free Beacon. And he talks about legacy environmental groups are very threatened by geothermal energy being developed. He explains that geothermal technology harnesses energy from heat stored below Earth's crust. Proponents say it could meet a major share of U.S. energy needs within the decade. But green groups have quietly lobbied against geothermal solutions, saying they weaken federal environmental protection standards. And which standards are those? They don't like that this would reform the NEPA process with categorical exclusions. I will talk more about that. And this stems from a recently announced bill proposed by... Idaho Representative Ross Fulcher, and also Senator Jim Rich of Idaho, who introduced a bill this past Thursday that would make it easier for geothermal drilling projects to explore federal land and he says that an earlier version of the bill was quietly shot down by Democrats. Sources say Democratic lawmakers privately supported the bill, but feared their public support would lead to pushback from green groups. He explains more geothermal systems convert subterranean heat into steam, which powers turbines. The energy produced by this process is essentially limitless, completely renewable, and emits no carbon. Sounds workable. The United States is the world leader in geothermal energy, even though the energy only accounts for half of 1% of U.S. electricity generation. And he says the problem with why this isn't developed is because It's constrained by the absence of available land. Most accessible geothermal resources in the U.S. are on federal lands in the West, including large swaths of Utah, Nevada, and Arizona. And unlike oil and gas, for companies seeking to drill exploratory wells for geothermal energy on that land must undergo years of environmental review. I'm going to read for you what their bill, uh, Representative Fulcher and Senator Reach's bill, entails. So they call it the Enhancing Geothermal Production on Federal Lands Act and that it will bring geothermal to parity with oil and gas exploration on public lands. Congressman Fulcher had said, of the bill, I'm excited to be introducing this bill with support from ranking member Westerman, along with my Idaho colleague, Senator Jim Risch, leading the effort in the Senate. Federal regulation should not discourage geothermal exploration in Idaho, and this bill has been designed to alleviate the currently long and burdensome processes, opening up new opportunities to harness this clean energy in our state and across the country. Geothermal energy holds great potential in Idaho and across the West, but unfortunately the geothermal permitting process is drowning in red tape, said Senator Risch. This bill with my friend and colleague Russ will streamline current processes so that this clean, reliable, and low-cost energy source can be fully realized. The background for why this bill is being presented, so it's the Enhancing Geothermal Production on Federal Lands Act, will alleviate the burdensome process of NEPA review. And they say with this background, 90% of viable geothermal resources located on federally managed lands, almost all geothermal projects are subject to the NEPA review process currently most geothermal exploration wells require an environmental assessment to be filed before exploration begins. This EA process for geothermal projects averages 10 months, meaning interested parties must wait nearly a year to determine if a viable geothermal resource even exists. So the bill would do this, they would reform NEPA process, creating a limited categorical exclusion for geothermal exploration activities on federal lands so that companies can mitigate the risk of investing in high upfront capital costs that geothermal Development requires the categorical exclusion mirrors the categorical exclusion currently available to oil and gas exploration wells, and the bill, if it were to pass, would require the Secretary of the Interior to identify priority areas for geothermal development on federal lands within five years of enactment of this bill. I have no idea how to gauge interest in this because it was just presented. I don't know if we're going to see Democrats support this publicly, if they have privately, but they were worried about backlash. That is interesting. We will keep tabs on that, but I really think geothermal is something to explore. And also going back to this Free Beacon article, they say proponents of geothermal energy believe minor technological breakthroughs can enable a revolution in American energy production. Some oil and gas veterans believe techniques in that field. I've heard this actually even from our friend Herman Brune, who was our guide in Texas. I learned that there's some things going on in Texas maybe on this front too that it can translate from oil and gas to geothermal. Can make traditional geothermal drilling productive at scale while others think fracking technology and 3D printing can be adopted to pull heat from rock too deep or too hard to reach with traditional geothermal methods. Geothermal energy is typically pulled from places directly over tectonic faults where water is heated in cracks below the earth's surface heat stored at deeper levels or in less accessible rock has often been expensive to tap the reason geothermal energy has struggled to challenge wind and solar alone oil and gas in the commercial market some companies think new technology can bring geothermal per- prices in line with or even cheaper than those of solar and wind that would be great actually and if it's not invasive i think that'd be actually really good and there's a company out of texas the sage geosystems company And they say that there's a potential there. So this is a great article. And it also says that the Department of Energy has been supporting research and development in the industry. I think under Trump's administration, this was something that they were looking into. I have to ask some people I know who worked for DOE what exactly that entails. Maybe I'll get some more context, but I would not be surprised if they were looking into this. And Department of Energy has been prioritizing research and development in the industry in part through its American-made geothermal manufacturing prize. The competition offers up to a million in innovations in geothermal technology. Someone expects the rise of 3D printing to further improve geothermal drilling operations. That's kind of cool. And geothermal advocates point to this year's power grid blackouts in Texas to show the need for consistent or baseload energy. Unlike wind and solar energy, a working geothermal well generates electricity at a steady rate for the entirety of its lifespan. That's awesome. That's great. No one talks about this. And I felt it was imperative to discuss it today for this episode Um, and to see if this could be probably streamlined a bit more. I'm going to talk to CFACT about exploring this a bit more for Conservation Nation too. So if you work in geothermal and you have an interest to have media or someone like myself come and see your operations, I would love to tell your story and help bring the technology into light, talk about maybe some of the obstacles you guys face. So anyone with ties to geothermal and you want your story told, please come on and and please reach out to me. I would love, love, love to explore this subject more in greater detail. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you're following us on your preferred podcast player. We like to recommend Apple Podcasts because Apple is where most of it hails from. So if you head over to Apple, subscribe to some episodes and leave us reviews, we'd we'd be more than appreciative of your support in that manner. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat nor a guest announcement. And you can connect with me personally on my social media feeds. All of the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram links that I have are all denoted by blue check marks. Really easy to find me, so engage with me there. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to recommend yourself for the show as a prospective guest, I'm all ears to hear and sift through different inquiries. I get a lot of requests, and my schedule is also quite busy, so you'll see... Guests come from me, and I'm, but like I said, I'm always open to different guests coming on the show.